1: Hey, guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. I do these episodes three times a week because I want us all to be aware, conscious, ready to defend the republic. <laughs> uh, first topic of the day is my spiel on Black Friday and holiday shopping. Number two, we're going to talk about the concerning update in the Colorado shooting. And number three, we'll discuss the Balenciaga campaign that has nasty, nasty pictures focused around children and bondage teddy bears in bondage sex gear and, of course, uh, weird paper documents discussing the sexual exploitation of children, all in an advertising campaign for a fashion brand. What in the world? Let's get into it. But actually, before we get into that, you guys, you've all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners right now. MyPillow is offering exclusive offers. On their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say to you, you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths typically retailing at 89.98 but now just 39.98 with promo code morgan there's limited supply so be sure to order now call 1-800-738-8374 and use promo code morgan or go to mypillow.com and use promo code morgan oh yeah how exciting thanks guys <laughs> okay and i actually want to also add some personal updates on morgan's end just for you guys cuz i've had some inquiries about it number 1 I recently tried to record a little video of myself wearing these Mountain Ops pants that are really comfortable. I think they're the Revive joggers so they're tight at the ankle. They're really cute. They're great especially if you like I like to like wear them outdoors practicing my bow and stuff like that. I don't wear them in the workshop really because I don't want to get any paint or anything on them. They're too nice. <laughs> but they're really really cute and so I was trying to take a little video to show them as like a good option for buying something for any girls or women in your life for Christmas. And I recorded the video And I watched the video back to try and post it. And I noticed that my sweet little Autumn, my puppy, she was in the back of the video, kind of not like in the center, she's in it and she's trying to sit down in the video, but she can't sit down. And so I got all nervous. We took her to the vet and it turns out she just has a bruised tail, which is, you know, much better than what I was worried about. I had all these thoughts going in my head. Turns out she's fine. She just has to rest and take some stuff for about a week and she'll be okay. So thank you to everybody that was a little nervous about that because I had posted it originally when we were taking her to the vet. So thank you for that. And then number two is our workshop, Zegger's Freedom Flags, We're closing Christmas orders on Sunday, November 27th. So you've got to get your orders in by this Sunday. This episode is going out on Friday, Friday, and you have until Sunday, the day of Sunday, November 27th. That's the last day to put your orders in if you want to get any flag orders or leather orders in by Christmas. Now, we ran out of bookmarks and coasters. We have new bookmarks and coasters coming in. I'm actually uploading them to the site later today after I record this. And so they should be available on the site if you guys still want to get those. And they will get to you by Christmas. So I'm really excited for that. And just make sure you get that in. Again, that's ZegersFreedomFlags.shop. The code is FREEDOM for free shipping. It has to be in by Sunday to make sure that you receive it by Christmas. Thank you guys for supporting. I really appreciate it. My parents really appreciate it too. It's family business. Okay, so speaking of buying things for Christmas and reaching the deadlines, and it's actually Black Friday, so Happy Black Friday, I wanted to go through some of the common stuff we hear around this time of year, especially around the consumerism of the day, because it's kind of nasty. It's like the worst of human nature, right? I mean, people get trampled. I think people have died getting trampled in these lines waiting for sales for these items on Black Friday, and to me, I just don't see any value in it. I mean, I, I, I... I'm trying to think of maybe a situation where I would see the value in waking up early and trying to like go in this huge crowd of people to go to a mall. But one place you will rarely ever find me is a mall. I can't stand the concept of walking around from place to place to potentially buy things. If I need to buy something, I will find it on the Internet and either go pick it specifically up in person or I'll just order it online. The modern world, I love it so much. But the stuff like walking around on Black Friday just to get sales, you really, it's Not something that I can even wrap my head around, really. So I would just say that some people look at this. They look at Black Friday, they look at the behavior that we see on Black Friday, and they look at, in general, the fact that The day after Thanksgiving, the day where we're supposed to be rooted in gratitude, where we're supposed to be thankful for everything, talk about what we're thankful for, the fact that it's so focused on consumerism and purchasing and the fact that holidays like Christmas and and Easter, like now Easter is more focused on what The, the Easter bunnies and the eggs and all that kind of stuff. And then Christmas is all about the presents and about Santa Claus people get a little down in the dumps about it. And for some reason, we have people politicizing this as well, now saying, oh my gosh, this is yet again another situation of capitalism being so evil. Capitalism is just a bunch of greediness. It's money-focused. It's profit-driven. That's why we need to support socialism. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Number one. Let's go through my reactions to these people. Number one. If you have a hard time with what's going on on something like Black Friday, first of all, what other humans do does not have to affect you and your family. Okay, you could be the change in your own household. You can make sure that these worldly affairs do not impact you and your family, okay? You don't have to conform to the worldly ways. You don't have to let the evil of the world consume your mind and get you all negative and frustrated around the holidays just because you see other people behaving badly. On top of that, you can also inspire people to behave in a different way via your action. The, the peer-to-peer communication, the peer rationale of inspiring via action is actually one of the most effective way to do these kind of things. So just keep that in mind. Number two is I find it interesting that woke people on the left, they will literally say this two things about Thanksgiving. Number one, they'll be like, Thanksgiving is some evil colonizer holiday, just like Columbus Day. And they try and make this angle as if we shouldn't even be celebrating Thanksgiving because of white colonizers and white supremacy and the Native Americans and all that stuff. And then literally will in the next sentence say, Black Friday is peak evil capitalism because it's ruining a family focused holiday like Thanksgiving with consumerism and greed. It's like, okay, you need to pick one. Do you like Thanksgiving or not? And are you going to defend it or not? And are you actually saying that it's evil for Black Friday to be an existence because it inflicts on Thanksgiving when you were just saying that Thanksgiving shouldn't even be something we celebrate in the first place because of your race based politics. Please Pick a side. Thank you so much. Which brings me to my next point. To the people complaining about capitalism on Black Friday, I say this. First of all, I stand for economic freedom economic independence we often talk about capitalism versus socialism but capitalism when you look at the roots of it it it's actually like originally the phrase is coined by marxists by Karl marx by the people on the left and because it was focused around the concept of capital the the goods the things that are sold when in reality people on the right people that believe in freedom people like you and me We aren't necessarily capitalists. I would say we are rooted. We don't want to use their terminology. We are rooted in economic freedom and economic independence for human beings, for Americans, especially. Okay, socialists act like just because some human greed displayed on a consumer holiday is obnoxious and frustrating to see. They act like because of that, we should abandon what we should abandon what they call capitalism. In reality, economic freedom and economic independence. We need to abandon that now in exchange for government ownership of the means of production? Are they really trying to make that argument around these things? That's why I just can't take them seriously. It's like, okay, you see a little human greed around a holiday focused on consumerism, and so now you're saying that because of that, human greed and human nature, we now need to give up our economic freedom to the government because it's the more moral, less greedy thing to do. I, I such a stretch. It's so silly. But at the end of the day, please just like... There is a huge difference, just like with crony capitalism, crony capitalism, where you have politicians, big business leaders, the elites, the insiders, all of the people at the top on the inside that make laws and make regulation and make rules and basically create systems that pick the winners and losers. And the winners are always the people on their side, right? It's always the insiders. They pick the winners and losers, and that's called crony capitalism. What we stand for is the ability for people to have economic freedom, economic independence, the ability to freely operate in an economy as an individual, not being forced into it by the government, not being manipulated and controlled into doing things because the government is the only provider of certain goods and services. And they're saying you're not going to get it unless you conform and comply. That's what we're focused on. And so you trying to make some argument against economic freedom and economic independence because you're saying that oh look at the materialistic ways that we behave around thanksgiving and black friday and christmas i'm sorry it's just never going to work okay it's like the dumbest argument i've ever heard please just don't even take them seriously if they try to make something like that and then the second aspect of this is like this issue that we're dealing with around black friday around the issue of consumerism with holidays It is not the fault of an economic system, okay? Capitalism or private ownership or economic freedom, however we want to term it in this situation, it's not the cause of the problems that we're seeing around the holiday. It's actually human nature. Human nature, and history has shown this, has been proven to be sinful, greedy, fallible, to fall to the ways of the world. That's how we always have behaved. We will always fall to sin. And that's a a Christian thing, but also just if you're just looking at the ways that humans behave, we do bad things and man often oppresses man. Man makes selfish decisions. So this concern that we have around greed, around consumerism, please understand this is really just human nature that is being displayed right now. And do not let economic socialists that want government control of industry to try and freak you out about capitalism once again, because the young people always fall for it. They're like, yeah, capitalism is so bad. Have you seen how people behave around Black Friday? Ugh, Humans nasty. My next point, point number two about Black Friday and the holiday shopping is let's think about why we provide gifts for others. One could be just literally out of obligation or politeness based on occasion, right? We all know those situations. But usually, the whole concept of a gift, especially around important holidays or a birthday or whatever it may be, is to show our care and our love for that person. Simple concept. I personally, it's like if you look at the love languages, I'm not really a gift person. I don't really need like Random gifts or special gifts in a relationship or in a family thing to feel like that kind of love. But I get that some people, they like that kind of stuff. No matter what it is, usually when you're gifting somebody something, it's because you care about them and you want to give that to them because you want to show your feelings for them or your support for them, your love for them, all that stuff. I believe we have gone overboard with presents, completely turning Christmas into a consumer holiday, of course. But that's really a topic for an episode that I'll maybe do in December, closer to Christmas, where we can talk about remembering the reason for the season and what is important around the actual day of Christmas. How should we be talking to children about presents that are received? How many presents should we even be giving to kids? Because I see people they post on social media where their entire front of their Christmas tree It's not just like, oh, there's some presents wrapped around the tree. No, the whole room in front of the Christmas tree is covered up with presents. And then they post these pictures on social media almost to be like, look what I did for my kids. Look what we did for our kids over here in this house. What are you doing? And then the kids see it or especially in movies and TV shows where they display Christmas morning, which it's always fake. Okay, Hollywood is fake. They cover the front a whole living room in front of the Christmas tree with these presents. And it sets an ridiculous expectation for children from a young age that that's what Christmas morning should be like. So that's a whole topic, right? And that brings me kind of to my next point about that is if presents are to show our love and care for someone, why can't we address as a society how insane it is, especially on Jesus Christ's day of being brought into this world? Why? do we celebrate that by gifting our loved ones with presents that were made in places like communist China in slave labor camps? Don't you think that's like kind of nasty? And I say this every year and I get called the Grinch for it or people are like, wow, Morgan, you joy sucker. But let's be real here. Perhaps a little more thought should go into that. On such an important day, the day of Christ's birth, We are going to, or the day that represents Christ's birth, we're going to take things that are very cheaply made, unethically made, by forced labor. People that are put into re-education camps and either tortured one day, or if they're not tortured that day, they'll be bused over to the factories that communist China has built next to the re-education camps. And then they make these products, they sell them for cheap in America so that we buy them and then gift them to our children and our loved ones on the day that Jesus came to earth. It's just a little strange. Do you know what I'm saying? And that brings me to my next point. So this goes for men, too, but I would say it's definitely a little more tailored to women because this is kind of where we sh- where we thrive. You know what I mean? This is our vibe. The art of homemaking when it's relating to Black Friday and the holidays and what we allow in our homes. Again, this goes for men too, but women are naturally the homemakers here, the guardians of the home environment where children are raised, where love grows. Ah, oh, Geez, I feel like I'm writing a poem right now. But if the case of presence and of providing people things to show them our love, whatever it is, if that's what we're doing here, then then let's fill our home with meaningful items, let's let's gift people things that don't bring bad juju, okay? Let's do this with ethically sourced items. Let's do this with items that don't poison us and our children. Let's pay attention to the ingredients, to the chemicals that are inside, to the makeup of these products. Let's do this with items that don't bring bad juju into the home because they were made in a slave labor camp by victims of a communist regime. These are kind of simple things, American-made products, ethically sourced products, products that don't have hazardous chemicals in them that will disrupt the endocrine systems of the children that are growing in their crucial stages of formation. I could go on, right? But this is just a little simple challenge that I'm putting in front of you to like really be the guardian of what you allow in your home, especially during such an important season of the year, especially for Christians. OK, now that brings me to just a quick point before we move on. And that's the fact that I've I've been running this nonprofit where we've been focusing on history and economics for a really long time. And one of the core things that we do is interview survivors from communist countries A lot of people don't believe what's going on with big tech censorship, and I'll just provide a little example, right? So when I interview somebody, for example, somebody from communist China, I will ask them about their experiences. About a year ago, I interviewed a woman who escaped a Chinese communist slave labor camp, and she would explain what it was like to be tortured. Of course, she explained what first got her in there, and that was just practicing a religious spiritual practice that the communists would not allow because God is not allowed in communist regimes, any form of religious practice, it's not allowed in a communist regime because it gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of peace, and it ensures that you have a foundation in who you are, child of God or whatever it may be for your religion. It ensures that you have a solid understanding that there is more To life than this specific world, than this dictator at the top, the the dictator that wants you to see him as the father, as the leader of the world, as the the ultimate person to look up to. He can't really be that figure in your life if you have God or a religious view that is higher than any person, any man, any woman on this earth. And so religion is one of the first things that communists like to attack. So this woman um, was practicing in communist China Not underground necessarily, but they did have to kind of sneak around. Eventually she got exposed and a major part of her religion, of their faith, of their their way of being is to not tell a lie. And so when they are asked if they are a member of this organization, of this group, they answer immediately yes. So it's kind of easy to catch them if they're actually asked. She's put in this camp. She is either tortured via sleep deprivation or these taser uh, electric zap kind of things. And they would do that to keep people awake and awake and awake and then to hurt them, of course. I believe she was telling me that she squatted for pretty much an entire day at one point. And then if you fall, you get zapped, etc. It's a really nasty interview. And it's available on the FreedomRecords.com if you guys want to look it up. It's with Jennifer Zhang. But when I do these interviews, we then take the clips of these explanations and we post them onto social media. That's the whole point, right? Is to document the whole long story so that anybody that wants to watch the full story can watch that, maybe include the younger members of their family to sit down and watch the show, and then also to make a bunch of social media clips from it so that the social clips maybe gain attention and then get people to at least be a little bit more aware of what's going on. So with Jennifer's interview, we talked about the torture and everything, but then we also talked about, you know, if she's not tortured, then she would be put into a labor camp or like a factory that was connected to the camp to work for the day. And they would be so nervous about reaching their deadlines and about not upsetting the people that were in charge, the communists, that – they would carry the goods that they were making, whether it was like clothing or sweaters or whatever it may be, that would eventually be sold in America. They would be sewing and putting little pieces of the the trinkets together and they would carry them into the bathroom stalls and not even wash their hands because they just were trying to go to the bathroom really quick and then get back to the floor to keep working so th- just keep that in mind in terms of like the sanitation of the things that we're buying like these people are so terrified of being tortured for not meeting deadlines that they will carry the items that they're making into the bathroom with them. So that's just one little detail. So we posted little clips of Jennifer explaining what it was like to work in these factory camps next to the reeducation camps where she was being tortured. And Facebook will do something along the lines of, take that video, send me a message, and say, this video is inaccurate. You're sharing misinformation. And you are now going to be demonetized as a page, you're gonna have your limit or your ability to reach pages limited for an unknown amount of time because according to this source, and then they source site, this like China supporting media site. So then what the sites that they link will say is something along the lines of complete propaganda promoted by communist China that China doesn't have any reeducation camps. China doesn't have any concentration camps. China doesn't have any forced labor. I mean, you guys, I'm interviewing someone who escaped the camp, who escaped communist China. And now she's a public speaker in the United States. I'm interviewing her for her firsthand testimony of being forced to work in a concentration slave labor camp in communist China. And Facebook then cites a pro-China news source that says we don't have any camps. And so then they're able to take my little page and say, "Uh uh-uh, Morgan, we're going to limit your ability to reach viewers with this content because this source that says they don't have camps, yeah, they're right. And they're saying that you're lying. So this is how ridiculous this kind of stuff is. This is how serious big tech censorship is. It's not just saying, you know what, we're going to make your life a little difficult. We're going to secretly shadow ban you and stuff like that. No, they just straight up use China sources to flag us. And that is highly inappropriate, highly concerning. Okay, so that's what we deal with. But with that being said, you know, I hope that gives you a good idea of what we're up against here in terms of big tech. Like they're so pro-China, it's not even funny. Let's move on to the next one, because we got some um, concerning updates about this club shooting in Colorado. There was this LGBTQ club where a bunch of people were, and unfortunately it got shot up. I think five people have passed away at this point, and then around 20 or so have been hurt in the, the situation as well. And right away, we saw people jumping on the story. It's not surprising. They do this every time. And they're often wrong. Why? Because they want to drive a certain political narrative to fit their political goals. And it's almost always wrong. And by that, you know what? I know that the right can do it, too. But the left is always the side to be completely wrong. I mean, they are wrong on every single controversy that they report. Every single thing is reported as if it's the end of the world, as if, oh, my gosh, this is just completely traumatizing. People must be punished, and they they blame others. They divide our population even more. And then every single time, from RussiaGate to the Cummington kid situation to Brett Kavanaugh, and the rape accusation, and on and on. The Mar-a-Lago thing just got proven wrong. There's no nuclear codes at Mar-a-Lago. Now we have this too, where they began without any information. They began to accuse the right wing media and commentators of causing the violence that led to all of these people dying specifically because it was you know a a woke area right it's for lgbtq people so first of all why didn't i comment this happened along this happened over a week ago okay so morgan why didn't you talk about this on your show well you guys because i never like to especially when it's just mere days after a mass shooting we have no idea what happened i have no idea what happened i have nothing to say about it of course it's very sad Of course, we're going to discuss it once we have proper information. And of course, we should be praying for the people that are involved. But that's about it. Okay. I have no place in that discussion because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I don't want to just BS you guys. I also don't want to disrespect the people actually involved in the situation. And I don't want to add to any misinformation that could be going around. So I just sit and wait and say, when we have information, we'll talk about it. What a fascinating concept. Wow. I'm shocked. (laughs) Okay, so I didn't comment because I never do. We should all take that practice. I personally believe we need to keep our mouth shut until we know as much information as possible, or at least enough to provide context where we can then kind of discuss and, and come up with some theories that are rooted in the facts that we at least know so far. So this is especially the case with something as serious and horrifying as a mass shooting. You know what I mean? Come on, people. The fact that they can't do this, though, is just a great example of how low the bar really is and how desirable it is for them to make this political. So the media never listens. Both sides are guilty of it. But the leftist media, once again, I mean, had they ever been right on anything? No, they are dead wrong again. They went right into attacking Tucker Carlson. Attacking Matt Walsh for doing the documentary What is a Woman? Attacking Candace Owens, attacking Libs of TikTok, attacking general right wing media, and then even attacking the people that are just advocating for. The children in schools to not be sexualized with sexual curriculum. I mean, literally K through 12 or K through five kids. They should not be learning about pronouns or gender or sex or sexual orientation. They should not be reading nasty books that are showing sexual acts in public school libraries. People are advocating about this against this and the same thing advocating against drag queen shows that include children in the audience because it's just wildly inappropriate. OK, that's the bottom line. A a child, for example, the drag the drag queen shows a child should not be at an event where people are there to watch a grown man with fake parts put on to look like a woman and then covering those fake parts in what they put like the little pantyhose on to make it look like it looks like their skin. And then they put lingerie on top women's lingerie. So do you think that it's appropriate for a child to see that? No, it's simply not. Okay, this isn't about politics. This isn't about accepting people's identity. This isn't about hating on drag queens. This is just saying that children should not be there. That is normal because a woman with her natural body in lingerie should also not be dancing and doing all of those motions around a child, especially in a public setting. Okay, these are basic things that adults should be able to agree on. That doesn't make the people saying that this is bad, evil, or hateful, or homophobic, or any of these things. Unfortunately, though, the mainstream media decided to take all of the people that have been standing up against this and blame them for stirring up LGBTQ hatred that leads to and led to the mass shooting that attacked the LGBTQ club. Why on earth would they do that? It's because they're trying to win a political game during a horrific moment. And it's nasty. Here's just one little example from NBC News.
2: Brandy, explain that when you hear that, your reaction to it, and then kind of walk us through how how rhetoric online, rhetoric from politicians can ultimately trickle down into real life and seeing examples of what happened over the weekend yeah the response is heartbreaking i mean it's a group of marginalized vulnerable people who are um, disproportionately the victims of this these sort of hate crimes who are just simply saying please stop mm. please stop making money and gaining political power on our backs and on, against, on violence against us and seemingly the answer from everybody is no we won't stop that because it's too politically expedient or it makes us too much money and we don't want to or we don't know how um I've been following this since about March and April. We follow, you know, online hate trends, I guess. And since April and March, really the LGBT community has been the main focus of this hatred. It starts, If there is a pipeline. It starts from some smaller accounts online, like libs of TikTok. It moves to the right-wing blogosphere, and then it ends up on Tucker Carlson, or it ends up out of a right-wing politician's mouth. And it's a really dangerous cycle that, that does have
1: real-world consequences. So that was just one example of many where they were saying that the language of the people on the right is having real-world consequences and leading to mass shootings of an LGBTQ club like this. That's a big accusation to make, you know what I mean? Because guess what? It didn't even take a week for the truth to come out. Turns out that the guy who did this shooting, he not only had major mental health problems, because guess what? Last year, turns out the guy had some big issue in his town of a bomb threat and so his neighborhood had to deal with it he got arrested but he ended up getting away with it he ended up not getting charged with anything nothing went onto his record a literal bomb threat like a a very serious situation in his town that law enforcement had to deal with nothing was put on his record he wasn't held accountable he had massive mental issues just last year and even though colorado now has red flag laws That are supposed to prevent dangerous people like him from getting firearms because he didn't get held accountable because it wasn't put on his record. He passed a background check to get the weapons that he then went and shot up a club with. Okay, so first of all, those gun regulations didn't really work because everybody's got to be. Sticking to their responsibilities in a situation like that. And nobody really seemed to have been doing that at the time. So this guy got his hands on some dangerous stuff. But not only was he dealing with severe mental health issues, you guys get this. He's definitely not some crazy right wing nut job like the media is trying to portray him out to be this hateful, evil guy that wanted to go kill all the gays. No, no, no. Turns out this guy identifies as a they, them. He wants to use the pronouns. They, them, his legal people announced. And he will be using mix pronouns, MX, as in MX, not Mr. or Ms., in the legal system. Okay? So just imagine the shamelessness that they have been carrying out in trying to paint him as a wicked, bigoted, hateful, violent, right wing person that wanted to kill gay people. And turns out he's a they, them. Okay? This is so funny. The mainstream media had to report on this and they learn it basically live on air. Here is a clip from CNN where they find out and she's like, I don't know what to say about that. She doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, I wonder why. Attorneys for the accused shooter Anderson Lee Aldrich say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies
0: as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns, and for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So, in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background and uh, I don't know if anybody here. Are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know
2: if the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th- it, that's what he's now saying. It, it sounds like they're trying to prepare a defense against a hate crimes charge. That's the least of his problems, legally speaking. But it looks like they're trying to build some kind of sympathy or at least confusion on the question of whether or not this was purely motivated by hate.
1: Such a, I mean, that is what it sounds like. We'll wait to see. Um, back to that conversation that I was just having with Juliet. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. I wonder why. They're acting like, oh, well, we're so shocked. We looked all the way into his background. And after all that research, we had no idea. Well, maybe it's because it didn't even take you a couple hours to start making these accusations. Maybe you should calm down and let a few days pass before you throw these accusations out there so recklessly. These people kill me. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Balenciaga. So like I was saying in the intro to the episode, you guys, I am not really a brand person, right? The most expensive brand I wear is Wrangler because it's kind of pricey. Okay, dang. (laughs) I mean, like, come on. People act like, oh, my gosh, you hicks, you hillbillies wearing all that Western stuff, wearing outdoorsy gear. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, actually. Thank you. It's pretty bougie if you ask me. (laughs) But either way, like, I I love Wranglers. So that's my favorite brand if we're going to go there. That being said, Balenciaga, I'm going to be honest, I don't don't really know what they sell, but apparently they're a fancy fashion brand. They put out this nasty marketing campaign where there's these things all scattered around this living room. There's a little girl on a couch. There's teddy bears that are dressed in bondage sex gear. And then even on the forms that are kind of hidden in plain sight. So they, they did not blur out the forms. They, I mean, if you're setting up a photo shoot area, you have to pick what you want in it. OK, everything is particular. So everybody's looking at it going, wait, so you have all of this stuff with the kids, the sex bondage, teddy bears, the weird like dog collar that's on the table. And there's these papers that are readable. So they purposely made them readable that are about a case having to do with sexual exploitation of children. Who puts together something like that to sell fashion things? It doesn't make any sense. And so I think usually people kind of see these weird fashion company stories and whatnot in the culture stuff that doesn't really have anything to do with us. And we kind of just say, oh, who cares? But this one is a little different. That's why I want to talk about it. So just to kind of explain it, let's watch what Tucker had to say about it first because we love him.
0: It is a stable of so-called conspiracy theories. That at the highest levels of politics and finance, there is a shadowy cabal of pedophiles who use their power to hide the crimes they commit against children. That people think that. Sounds pretty far out to us. Too dark and strange to be true. And of course, we are not obviously endorsing that idea. On the other hand, you can kind of see why people might believe it. Jeffrey Epstein, for example. Epstein continued to dine with business moguls and heads of state long after he was arrested for having sex with minors. How did he do that? Why did nobody say anything? Why did people keep eating with him? Well, at the very least, we can conclude, based on the evidence, that there is a tolerance for pedophilia among some, among the most powerful in our society, a tolerance that you would not find in, say, your average middle-class American family. Some of the rich really are different that way. That's clearly true. And in case you needed more evidence of that, consider Balenciaga. Balenciaga is what they call a luxury brand. Balenciaga is a company that sells $1,100 sneakers and cotton sweatshirts for $1,500 to people who've literally run out of things to buy. You're probably not doing your back-to-school shopping at Balenciaga, but some people apparently are. So this week, Balenciaga rolled out a new ad campaign on Instagram, and the selling point of the ads was sex with children. One photograph showed a very young girl lying face down on a couch with candles, empty wine glasses, and a dog collar on a coffee table in front of her. Another picture showed the same girl, a toddler, holding a teddy bear dressed in sexual bondage gear, including a leather harness. And then, in case you missed the point, we're for pedophilia at Balenciaga. Another picture made it explicit. That picture showed pages from a Supreme Court opinion that struck down a law designed to fight child pornography. Whoever staged the photo shoot made certain to include a portion of that opinion that used the word sex or sexual four times. And of course, that was not an accident. Balenciaga wanted you to notice. So this seemed like a big story to us, as we told you last night. Here you have a major international retail brand promoting kitty porn and sex with children. And not promoting it subtly, but right out in the open. No healthy society can tolerate that, and in fact, none ever have tolerated it. There's never been a time in American history where pedophilia was considered anything other than the worst thing, the most horrifying crime imaginable. Pedophiles famously get killed in prison because even murderers consider them immoral. That's how out of bounds it is and has always been to sexualize children. It's totally unacceptable. But apparently, it's not unacceptable anymore. Academics have redefined child molesters as minor attracted persons. And the point, of course, is to send the message that actually it's not that big a deal. It's just a different kind of love. So maybe not surprisingly, given that trend, apart from a few isolated exceptions in the American media. Almost all outlets completely ignored Balenciaga's kitty porn ad campaign. There was not a single story about it in The New York Times this morning, or in Jeff Bezos' Washington Post, or on CNN or NBC. There was no talk of an investigation or a boycott. The usual outrage, outrage merchants stayed completely silent because they weren't outraged. Balenciaga ultimately issued a statement saying it was going to punish the photographer who did the shoot, like it was the photographer's fault and they didn't know about it, And after that, the story effectively died. And that means that the CEO of Balenciaga, a man called Cedric Charbit, will not become a social pariah for what his company has just done. He will continue, just as Jeffrey Epstein continued, to enjoy his busy social life totally unpenalized with his many fabulous celebrity friends. Here he is, for example, with the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, who looks very excited to be with him. Now, we found that picture, by the way, in less than a minute online. Yet as far as we know, apart from us on this show, no one has asked Eric Adams about it, and it's likely that nobody ever will. And the reason is simple. The media have no interest in covering the sexualization of children. Their interest, and it's a very intense interest, tellingly so, is in destroying anyone who complains about the sexualization of children, or who even notices it. Noticing it, they tell us, is an attack on the LGBT community. So the assumption here, their assumption, apparently, is that gay people are in favor of molesting kids and, of course, in favor of performing genital mutilation on minors. But that's absurd. No normal person is for this, gay or not. It's not anti-gay to oppose kiddie porn or to feel horror at the fact that doctors are cutting the breasts off of healthy teenage girls. These are crimes, and most gay people think they're crimes. Why wouldn't they think that? Protecting children from adults who want to sexually exploit them is a basic human instinct, and it's a noble instinct. And yet NBC News is doing its best to redefine that instinct as a crime. Yesterday, NBC brought on its law enforcement expert, by the way, a former assistant director of the FBI, to warn viewers that anyone who complains about the sexualization of children will be punished by the legal system, will be sued into bankruptcy and destroyed. Watch this. There was going to be a drag brunch the next day at Club Q, and uh,
2: that's a way to get kids to see, hey, look, it's a person doesn't necessarily look like the people that you see every day at the store or whatever. Um, But these are real. These are real people with lives and emotions. They like the same stories that you do. There's nothing sexualized about it. But every time there's one of those now, the proud boys show up because there's an account on the internet called Libs of TikTok that's been pushed by you know,
0: Tucker Carlson and uh, the Babylon Bee in the far right. Tucker in particular seems fixated on this anti-queer panic. In addition to his diatribes against drag shows, he's platformed anti-trans activists. He particularly vicious and extreme rhetoric to attack children's hospitals for providing trans youth medical care. If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is. Name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should should face civil consequences from the victims. Oh, so the former assistant director of the FBI calling for, quote, civil consequences against anyone who doesn't like the sexualization of children. If you complain about it, you're responsible for the murders that other people commit. Hmm. Is that in the legal code? No, it's not. But NBC News is doing its very best to add it. MSNBC has spent the last two days suggesting that because he signed a bill banning teachers from sexualizing kindergartners, Ron DeSantis is somehow tied to a mass shooter in Colorado. Earlier this year, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis infamously signed into law what critics have called the Don't Say Gay Bill, which presents, prevents some teachers from even discussing the existence of gay and trans folks. When you have a don't say gay bill in the state of Florida, for instance, or when Ron DeSantis wants to send the police to investigate drag shows.
2: The don't say gay bill in Florida is certainly something that helps add to his national political profile. Um, but one thing is clear is they just want to continue demonizing folks and otherizing people. They started moving in the spring to LGBTQ people. Specifically, they they were really excited about the don't say gay bill um, in Florida.
0: So if you don't want a kindergarten teacher, to talk to your kindergartner about sex, you're anti-gay? Ron DeSantis is the spiritual father of a mass murder in Colorado? Really? No matter how you feel about Ron DeSantis or about sex, it's not plausible. In fact, it's ridiculous. Yet they keep saying it. And the question is, why do they keep saying it? Well, they're saying it because that's how determined they are to keep you from talking about this subject. They will call you an accessory to murder. They'll threaten to sue you into poverty, as the assistant director of the FBI just did, if you don't shut up. That's pretty weird when you think about it. In fact, it's very weird. But they have nothing else to say because actually children really are being sexually exploited in this country. In some cases for money, it's not hidden. It's in the open and it's totally real. This summer, for example, Matt Walsh exposed the atrocities underway at Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville. A physician there admitted to mutilating the genitals of children because it's a profit center for the hospital. Watch this.
2: These surgeries make a lot of money. Uh, So female to male, chest reconstruction, can bring in $40,000. A patient just on routine hormone treatment, who I'm only seeing a few times a year, can bring in several thousand dollars because that requires a lot of visits and labs. It actually makes money for the hospital.
0: It actually makes money for the hospital. Now, if you were a muckraking reporter with a conscience, that would be the story of a lifetime. It's all there on tape. A doctor admitting they're mutilating the genitals of children for money, naming the dollar amounts. How could you pass that up? But everyone passed it up. No one covered it. Instead, journalists attacked Matt Walsh for uncovering it. Really? What's the motive there? Nor do they cover what's going on at hospitals across the country, including CHOP, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the famous hospital. A hospital that admitted in an email to performing bottom surgery on a minor and slicing off the breasts of young women for no medical reason whatsoever. There's no medical justification for that ever. And yet they bragged about doing it. In Boston, a staffer at Children's Hospital bragged on tape about two-year-olds preparing to transition. Truly insane. Utterly divorced from legitimate medicine. But again... It was completely ignored.
1: Okay, so I hope that that gives you a little summary of what had happened here. But my friend John Root also posted, and it caught my attention. He said, the worst parts of the Balenciaga ad campaign, sexualizing children. Number one, Balenciaga, like many other big brands, are unafraid to sexualize and exploit children. They believe this is not only acceptable, but progressive. Number two, there are actually parents or a guardian out there that allowed their children, their child, to be a part of this Balenciaga ad campaign, knowing full well that the child would be used for the brand to profit off their sexual exploitation. I mean, seriously, who allows their child—it this it looks like a toddler—who allows a toddler to participate in a photo shoot surrounded by bondage gear and teddy bears and bondage gear and dog collars and sexual exploitation of children paperwork all around them on the table? Okay, it says number 3. The Balenciaga ad shows that big brands are trying to destigmatize porn in all of its repulsive forms by displaying Supreme Court documents from US versus Williams relating to protections for child pornography. And finally, this is another example that Satan is at work. There's is evil from Balenciaga. They don't deserve any of your money or support. We need to protect our innocent children. And then he put uh, Matthew 18:6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great mill- millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Mwahaha! <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Good job, John.